So I, we have a 24-year-old daughter at home. She is single. Uh, uh, that doesn't have anything to do. That doesn't have anything to do with anything. Well, it does. But uh, anyway, so she, she wants a dog. And uh, she says, Dad, we want a dog. We want a dog. We want a dog. You know, and then uh, she starts going to the doctor, and the doctor says she needs a dog, and, and all these things are going on. So um, I don't want a dog. They stink. They don't taste like chicken. Well, guess what? The, uh, we got a dog. The, uh, I said, honey, here, here's the ramifications. You know, I don't want a big dog. You don't have to get a little squirt. But, you know, I, I want a dog. I want it to be short hair. Do your best. The thing does not stink. And, and, and you know, just, just get a, a nice dog. So where do you go when you need a dog? You go to Craigslist. You know Craigslist. Craigslist is one of those places that you can say anything you want to say. You can lie, and people will buy it. She looked at this dog. This dog is a sweet dog. This dog is trained for the house. This dog does not smell. This dog doesn't bark. The only thing that happens when a stranger comes in, he just wags his tail. The dog's cheap. Now, I like that part. So we bought the dog. It's a dock bull. That's dachshund and pit bull. Now, think about that. I thought, how does that even happen? <laughs> How does it happen? <laughs> but it does. And we've got us a dock bull. If you go online, you'll see pictures of them. They look all kinds of different. And it also has another official name. Is it okay if I say this? It's a bull wiener. <laughs> he got it. Took him a minute. So Ellie comes into our house and, uh, you know, this sweet, sweet, sweet dog. I was working, and the, the folks, my wife and Lauren would go over and to the land somewhere over there in that place, and, uh, and they buy the dog. They bring the dog back. I came in from work, 9 o'clock, and the new dog is there, the dog that greets the strangers with a little tail. Never barks. Guess what? You know, I mean, the pit bull thing was just coming out all over the place. Next morning, same thing. I walk in the room. I mean, she's fine with the, oh, it's a girl's dog. You know, I, I, blah, 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 every time, you know. Uh, so, okay, I, I got to go in here because the story could go on for a long time. The, you know, the, the fact of the matter is you got to win this dog over. It's going to live with me for a while. And, and it's her dog. It's not my dog. But nonetheless, we got to, I don't want this to happen. So, cheese sticks. Dogs love cheese sticks. And so, want a cheese stick? Finally, he eats, he eats a cheese stick. And you know what happens? Tummy rubs. Oh, yeah. Tummy rubs. Hey, I'm good at cheese sticks and tummy rubs. That's how I get all my friends. It works. But, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, after a while, this dog starts warming up to me, and, and we're all great. And we actually can lay down on the floor together, and she's as happy as could be. Cheese that? Okay, here's some cheese. You know, uh, tummy rub. Okay, here's some tummy rub. Next day, come on. 
You ever seen the movie Live, Die, Repeat? I kind of thought that that's what that dog was all about. It was just more or less, it would get real happy, and then the next day, like, everything stopped. It died, and then we repeat the thing all over again. So come on over <laughs> anytime you'd like and, and meet my dog. But I want to talk about a Live, Die, Repeat thing that's way too often hits home with you and with me because we have a much bigger brain than that dog. We were made in the image of God. We have so much to be thankful for as the human race. As we have had this opportunity even this morning just to lift our voices and worship our God. Even though we can't see him, we know he exists because he's in our hearts and he's in our lives. And and we've got so much more than a dock bowl. But the truth of the matter is, it's amazing how often we live, die, repeat some of the most foolish things that could ever happen. And I get to talk to, to you this morning about a character, the Passion. His name was Thomas. Nothing is written to him specifically during the Passion uh, week time, but he was a disciple and he was following with Jesus and he was there the whole time. He shows up more so afterwards. But he shows to us, and, and, and we know something about Thomas because he has an epitaph that's been placed upon his Uh, name from here on until Jesus comes, particularly by the church, and it is what? Doubting Thomas. When I was a kid in Sunday school, there was this little chorus, why worry when you can pray, trust Jesus, he'll be your stay, don't be a doubting Thomas. I can't remember the rest of it. It was a couple years ago. But nonetheless, rest fully on his promise. Why worry, 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 worry when you can pray? But, but the whole idea, doubting Thomas. We know everything. And so every time we think about him in Scripture, he's always doubting Thomas. Doubt's a terrible thing. I, by the way, doubt is really old. Doubt's been around a long time. Genesis chapter 3, there's this serpent slithering around on this beautiful temple orange tree and Eve is walking in that orchard and she happens to look and she sees the serpent and has a conversation with them and that, con- and that conversation leads to this. In Genesis chapter 3, the serpent says, did God really say? In other words, do you really have confidence in the things that God says? Well, well, yeah, he did. He, he said that we're not supposed to eat of this tree. We can eat of the other ones, but we can't eat of this tree. In fact, we're not even supposed to touch it. She kind of exaggerated it a little bit, but nonetheless, there it was. You're not allowed to do such a thing. Well, you're not going to die, was the next statement. In other words, God's judgments aren't really all you think they are. That's a big word, die. No, 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 no. God's judgments are, you can downplay that just a little bit. You see, it's, it's old. It's been around a long time. He was placing, the Satan was placing doubt into the mind of the most beautiful woman on earth. She was the only woman on earth. But she, she was the most beautiful woman on earth. Most wonderful creation, feminine creation that God ever made at that point. And there she was. And the failure started with her and Adam. By doubt. Interesting, as time moves on, you can go to 500 B.C. and you find out something else about doubt. Doubt is 
is from the human standard. You know, the, Satan starts in Genesis 3, and then as we wrap it along, we find around 500 B.C. There's a man by the name of Siddhartha Gautama. Anybody know him? He is also known as the Buddha, which if you say it right, I'm, I'm a college student right now, hanging out with all the 18-year-olds. It's wonderful. But... Uh, uh, why are you laughing? Because I'm not that far away from him, right? Uh, but, but nevertheless, th there's this whole idea that this, I'm taking world religions as one of my classes, and I learned about the Buddha, and I found out the way you're supposed to say it is Buddha. Uh, that's the proper way, just so you know. I just wanted to show you how smart I am. And, and actually, it's a, it's a Florida thing, because we always talk about, hey, Buddha, how are you doing? You know, I, I mean, we're all Buddhas, but uh, in, in a sense, it's good. But you know what Buddha said? Buddha said this. He said, what did he say? He said, doubt everything. Find your own light. Doubt everything. That's what he said before even Jesus was born as yet on earth. The philosophy of doubt. Now, then the scripture comes along in places like James chapter 1 verse 5 that says to us, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Isn't that great? If you lack wisdom, you've got a place to go. You've got the resources. Again, we've been made and given this package of what God would have, and it says it'll be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from God. He's a double-minded man. He's unstable in all his ways. If we doubt God's ability to help, what's the point in even asking, uh, James is saying? Uh, because you're, you're unstable. You'll not receive because you're double-minded. I love the word. It's like a Christian swear word, double-minded. I have fun with these. I hope you don't mind my craziness. But I, uh, the word is dipsukas. You know, if you see somebody doubting, just, hey, you dipsukas. Sounds good, doesn't it? I mean, it's it just got some power to it. Anyway, uh, if I ever tell you that, you'll know why. But uh, uh, I'm sorry, you're not supposed to swear. We are unstable, though, and we are restless. And we are a mess if we find ourselves in doubt. Everybody agree with that? Doubt, just thought about it. Doubt is a hallucinogen. It, it makes you see things that are not there, but they are so real to you. It's just out there. It's a hallucinogen. See, see, see? And you can walk right through it because it's really not there. Doubt about tomorrow. Oh, no. What if? Isn't that a great thought? What if? Doubt. Doubt is a thief. Doubt's a huge thief. It steals your mind. It captivates your mind. Isn't it true when you're doubting, can you think about the truth? No, it just consumes you. It consumes your mind. And after it consumes your mind, it starts to consume your attitude. And so when we talk to you, and I talk to you, and you talk to others, what's the truth? Well, you know. Yeah, but, but, but look, at this is, this is the way. Oh, no, 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 no. That, that attitude just prevails, and man, it's in culture all over the place. I know. I, I'm one of them. 
it just it captivates our attitude. And then it just goes on and it captivates our speech. It'll captivate your schedule. If you're so worried and doubting, you don't have time to think about good things. Isn't it great that you only have to come to church once a week? Can you imagine, you doubters, if you had to come more? You don't have time because you've got to doubt. You have to spend your time doing those things. It steals from you. It'll steal your money. How does doubt steal your money? Well, somebody's got to buy that comfort food, <laughs> if you think about it. Somebody has to buy those happy pills. Somebody has to buy that happy car, that happy stuff that's going to help you get to the next uh, happiness moment. We talked about happiness not long ago. That whole idea that stuff will do it, right? Amen. We're waiting. Oh, no, it doesn't happen, does it? It's a thief. But here's the big one. Oh, man, I just thought about this. Susan and I were talking about it. It's so true. Doubt is a waste of time. We waste so much time doubting. It's worthless. It has no value. So we enter into Thomas's life. Tom, whose name also in Scripture you'll find his name is Didymus, or in the Hebrew it's Tom, which it just means twin. Didymus, or t Tom himself, is the twin. We don't know anything about his twin, if he had one, uh, but we have no idea. But let's be honest for, for just a second. His character is far from rare. The church is full of folks that have deep questions. And we hold on to them alone because in all honesty, and I'm, I'm there to, fearful if we say anything, <laughs> we'll be dubbed a doubter. And I don't want to be a doubting Thomas. No, no, no. I have to be strong. I have to be tough. I have to be. Uh, when I show up, I'm going to put on the good stuff. You know, I'm going to look good and I'm going to smell good and I'm going to sound good and, and all of those different things. But, you know, as soon as the doors close, then I, well, then I can go back and, I, and then I'm safe again. But for now, I don't want you to know, boy, it just happens, doesn't it? Not every week, maybe. But the waste of time, the waste of time, the waste of time. I love Thomas because Thomas dares to bring doubt into the Jesus life. Let me just give you a quick, quick, quick biography about him. By name, of course, he's a part of the disciples and so on, comes into the Gospels. But, but we find him actually uh, in John chapter 11. And in John chapter 11, if you recall, uh, if, if you read, actually, that's where our Bible reading is. And you Bible readers right now just read John 11, that story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Lazarus, at the time before uh, he dies, though, of course, is sick. And Jesus gets the... His uh, cell phone rings and, uh, hey, you need to come on down to Bethany because your friend Lazarus is sick. And uh, you need to come and heal him. And what happens? But Jesus does not go. And a few days go by. And as John chapter 11 uh, continues to go on, uh, he finally up and says, we're going to go. We're going to go on to Bethany. And in verse 16 of chapter 11, uh, 
after Jesus says, you know, let's go. And uh, the disciples say, no, 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 no. Jesus, you forgot something. We don't want to go, and you don't want to go back to Judea. You don't need to go back into that arena. Why? Because they want to kill you. They want to take you out. This is their master. This is their savior that's saying these things. And, and uh, finally, he says, Jesus says, we're going. And that's when Thomas shows up in verse 16. It says, then Thomas called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let's also go that we may die with him. Some uh, scholars t- tend to think that, you know, he was just more or less throwing the facade words into the air, but I don't think so. Honestly, as I look at this, I see a man who is very, very convinced. Was he a doubter at that point? No, he was a realist. He was convinced in his Savior. Uh, I don't, he's not doubting Thomas here. He, he knows who Jesus is, and he is urging his fellow disciples, let's go down there, and if we die with him, we die with him. This is great. We follow the Savior, Jesus Christ, the Master. It's a beautiful picture and a refreshing picture of Thomas, the disciple. As a matter of fact, Christian tradition later on after uh, Jesus ascends into heaven, Thomas is a preaching machine. Man, he is out there, and he is just relentless going at it, giving the gospel out to people. That was who he was when he was confident in his Savior. Three chapters later, John chapter 14, a, a chapter that many, many, many Memorize at least the first part, Jesus starts to say, don't let your heart be troubled, disciples. You believe in God, you believe also in me. In my Father's house, there's many, many mansions. And if it weren't so, I'd have told you. Right now, I'm gonna, soon I'm going to go to prepare a place for you. Now, if you've heard this before, you're just kind of tracking with me. Now stop and think about what he just said. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you where my father is all the mansion thing, oh, yeah, it's sort of like Captain Deese. No, it isn't. It's an amazing place. You know, uh, here he goes and up in all these mansions. And where I am, you will be also. And then he says, the way you know and how to get there you know. I have this cinematographer. That's not a word, but you understand. This thing it just sort of puts it together. What does it look like? I'm watching Jesus as he's talking to his disciples. You know what I see? With his disciples, bobbleheads. Yeah. yeah. Okay, up in your father's house. Cool. You know, we're going to go up there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're listening. <laughs> and then Thomas breaks the silence. <laughs> and there it is in verse 5 of chapter 14, if you want to look at it. He says, <laughs> Lord, we don't know where you're going. And we don't know the way. And it doesn't seem like verse 6 worked either because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. But then if you, keep, if you have a red letter edition, you turn the page, it's all red. He keeps teaching because they didn't get it. But Thomas was not about to stand all aloof he wanted to know the truth. Was he a doubter? No, he wasn't a doubter. I don't think so at all in this point. He wanted to know the way. It was a gutsy thing for him to step up and say, Lord, I'm not satisfied. I need more help. And even when we need help, the truth will flow to us. You'll know the truth. God is the shepherd of his people. 
and they, he will shepherd them and lead them where they need to go. So where does this doubting thing come? The doubting thing comes in John chapter 20. And that's why we have a character, the passion. Here it is, it's after. You know, uh, in John chapter 20, Thomas was there during the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was praying. And Judas came with the band and, and took his master, tied him up. Thomas was there. We don't know where he was. The whole idea of on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross is not actually accurate. When they crucified people, they crucified them on the road and uh, right next to the road and often on a tree. The Romans just hewed off these beautiful olive trees, probably, and they not put a notch in them, and then the, uh, the character, the criminal, that crossbeam would be placed into that notch, tied in. And as Pastor said last week, or a week ago or so, it was just uh, six feet high, maybe seven feet high, so you could look the criminal right in the eye. Right along the road. I mean, it was just like on the road. Thomas was somewhere on that roadway, probably hiding, probably draped. They didn't want, he didn't want anybody to know who he was, just like all the rest of the disciples. He watched it happen. He heard probably the hammer. Maybe, maybe not. He maybe, maybe not heard. Glad you could make it. Uh, he <laughs> maybe heard uh, the words that came from the cross. We're in John 20, Caleb. But uh, and, and then you have this huge separation of disciples. You know, they used to all congregate, but now they're scared. They're running around. And in verse 24, it says in John chapter 20 that um, Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Let's back up for just a second. So Jesus has come one time, and he's not been there. Thomas didn't see it. But now, he has come back into the room, and wouldn't you, if you had seen the risen Lord, want to give the report? We saw him! Man, he's alive, Thomas! What would you do? Would you start the old bobblehead thing? Or would reality sit in? After all, you watched him die. You saw it all happen. Guys, I know you want to believe this. I, I know it makes all kinds of sense, but he's dead. Get over it. It killed me too. It hurt. I am really hurting today. But those things just don't happen. Thomas, it is. Okay, put it this way. Unless I can touch the holes in his hand, unless I can see the marks of his hand, this is all there in the scripture, unless I can thrust my hand into his side. Talk about a violent understanding. I will, I will not believe. Well, that's kind of harsh, but that's doubt. Don't ever stop to think that doubt is just some kind of mamby-pamby, easygoing, oh, no problem. No, it is, I will not believe. Why do I say that? It's because doubt has destroyed so many lives today and still will. 
Don't treat it nice. Don't celebrate it. Don't make jokes about it. It is terrible. Well, he's there, and he's just made this amazing thing. Now, now, now continue to read. This is really important. Verse 26, um, uh, after he says, I will not believe it. It says a week later, eight days. Now, okay, real quick, eight days. A week later. It takes me about a, a, minute, a second to two seconds to say that. It takes 192 hours to actually happen. you got to cra- grab that because now he has said for 192 hours of echo, I will not believe, 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 believe. I will, will, will not believe, 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 believe. My culture says no, I doubt. I, it's exactly what happens. Time, time, time. But... Sure enough, he he is with his disciples. He does have a faith, but that faith is hurting. And as that faith is hurting, it still tends to function somewhat with fellowship with God's people. So he's there. So a week later, verse 26, his disciples are in the house again. Thomas was there. The doors were locked, and Jesus came. The doors were locked, and Jesus came and stood among them, and he said... Peace. Peace be unto you. Shalom. Hey, what's happening? Guys, I'm here. (laughs) And you can imagine the blood draining from this man's face because what happens? If you notice, Jesus doesn't go and have a meal or anything like that. What does it say? It says, and then he looked at Thomas. He went directly to him. (laughs) He said, Tommy. See, go ahead. Give me your finger. Give me your finger. Stick it in. Go ahead. And and, and pulling back his robe. Go ahead. There it is. Check it out. And believe. Now, this is the most important thing. I hope you'll go home with this. It's just a new thing for me just to think through over and over again. What does he say as he finishes this statement? He says, reach out your hand. Put it into my side. In the NIV, stop doubting. And believe. Stop not believing and start believing. You want help with your doubts? Stop not believing and start believing. We have to do the first before we can get to the second. There are so many people, oh, yeah, I believe in God. But they've never stopped not believing. Oh, what a problem. This finishes with a a scolding. Stop not believing. Start believing. Thomas says in verse 28, My Lord... And my God. And then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Thomas, just want you to know you've wasted a lot of time. You've deprived yourself of the things that I wanted you to see. 
Nothing, I, I'm not interested in being judgmental or anything like that. And, you know, and God is not interested in it. He's patient. He came to put the world right again. That's his idea. But when we waste and when we waste and when we go out on this limb of doubt, we waste so much time. We lose the energy times of our lives by doubt. And then we teach it to the young ones so that they can start early and to learn how to doubt. Jesus is just simply saying here, don't waste that time. Don't deprive yourself. I want you to know that I've got it. I've got this. And Thomas teaches us doubting just wastes time. Something I've never seen before until I actually studied this time. I've read this, I don't know how many times, but I never caught it. It goes on to verse 30. And Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. The next verse is often a memory verse that many people will do. As it says, but these are written that you might know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. It's a great verse. But I never noticed until just here recently as I was studying this part of the Thomas story. Jesus, after he has his moment of scolding, he turns around and to all the disciples, he just starts showing them stuff. Miracles. The power of his presence. Shows them all that stuff. And that's a wonderful thing. And he did so many things that are not written in the book, John says. But then he says, but these are written. What are the these? Well, to me, they're the local part of what you're reading. And that's the wonderful thing about understanding the Word of God is to read it in its context. Uh, could we apply it to all 66 books? These are written that you might know. Absolutely, you can apply it. But the real meaning behind that passage is, is these, this Thomas thing. This was written that you might know. No, no. Stop not believing and start believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. You see, we got to get over our doubt, church. It's wasting our time. It's stealing everything away from us. It's making us see things we might want to see, but they're not even there. Isn't that foolish? And Jesus says, these are here. Can I encourage you this morning? And thanks for listening to me. That if you find yourself, a, if you will, a Craigslist, a Craigslist Christian, you can say whatever you want about yourself and somebody will buy it. You might even feel this morning that you are a live, die, repeat person. You know what, Dave? I know exactly what you said and I came today and it's so wonderful to be in church and I'm I praise the Lord and I'm serious about what I've done. But tomorrow will come. And it just goes back into that live, die, repeat cycle. Oh, can't wait for next Sunday so that I... Oh, why wait? Can I just suggest to you, just like Thomas did, to confess my Lord and my God. That might be a confession of contrition or for asking God to forgive you. Lord, I ask you please to forgive me for this and lead me in the way 
that you'd have me walk. Or it just simply might be the confession of delivery. Lord, I believe this. And I stop my not believing and I want to believe. Just like in Mark, I just love the guy with the, uh, the uh, demon-possessed son. And he said, Lord, could you heal my demon-possessed son? He's just a mess. And, and Jesus said he will if you'll believe. And I just love the honesty of this guy who says, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Why not? Why not be honest before God and just simply confess those truths? And let us gear up for tomorrow. That's why you're here, to gear up for tomorrow. To put on the whole armor of God. To be confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He'll take care of you. God will take care of you. God will take care of you. God will take care of you. Stop not believing. And start believing. Father, I pray that you will indeed help us this morning. Doubting has harmed us. We say, my Lord and my God, but uh, Lord, uh, we realize, oh, we've wasted so much time. And I come before you this morning just with the hope of a Savior who forgave Thomas and still went to the cross. Even after he went to the cross and rose from the dead, he anointed these guys with his spirit later gave us the written word of God which we have today. Father, thank you for these things that our church can enjoy. Could we go home today and let your spirit say to us, stop not believing. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.